Pull up a stool and pour yourself a pint, as you're about to join three intrepid drinkers, Kevin, Justin, and Mark, as they embark on another Beer-tastic voyage. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Beer-tastic Voyage. My name's Kevin. I'm Mark. And I'm Justin. And today, we are going to take a little turn away from the normal to check in with our results from the 5th Annual LIBME Beer and Mead Competition at the Great Beer Expo of Long Island Nassau Coliseum. Mm. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I wrote it out. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, you know, so we just want to go over what we saw with the event and some of the results that we saw, some of the results that we had with you guys. Because I can't, I'm going to say we, but it's like saying we with a professional sports team. Like, <laughs> like you know, we, we won. I sat at home and watched you on TV, but, you know, we won the championship. Totally. Absolutely. Well, they totally wouldn't have beat the other guys unless you were there cheering them on. So. Well, absolutely, considering that all the uh, you know judging and or playing of the game occurred without my physical presence there. <laughs> so um, if anyone doesn't know anything about beer competitions, they're uh, a lot like a dog show. Basically, you enter into a style, and uh, you're judged against that standard. Yeah, and people walk you around with a little leash and, you know, prick your tail up and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. There were a lot of people touching my ass and making sure that I was in the proper posture while I was drinking, which was fantastic. Um, so there were uh, three judging sessions. Well, the first one was uh, Friday night, and it was actually in uh, Patchogue at Po' Boy. No, so, in Port Jeff Station. Port Jeff. Yeah, Port Jeff Station at Po' Boy. I got half that shit right. Yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> You should have written it down. This is literally the first thing we're recording. What happened? I don't know. Well, you, I, haven't, I haven't been drinking You've had all. one ounce of beer. That's the, yeah. the issues. Yeah, that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it was in Port Jeff Station at Po' Boy. Bobby was uh, nice enough to open it up, open up the back room to uh, judging, so that we could get some of the uh, beers out of the way or the categories out of the way before Saturday. Yeah, it was definitely uh, like a good head start. We uh, five of the judging tables got knocked out, and uh, Justin, it was you know you and I were there uh, stewarding, and it was our first experience actually witnessing you know the what goes on at uh, a beer competition I can say that I certainly learned a lot even though I was clueless when I showed up yeah I didn't really know what to expect uh, both Mark and I had taken the online certification exam for judges which I don't know if, if anybody's taken it for some reason you pass and then at the end it tells you you failed 11 categories or 13 categories in your life I, I know I personally failed 13 yeah I don't know if I had 11 or 11 I think 11 was my number but yeah, I, I didn't leave there feeling like I had accomplished a whole lot. But apparently 60% is passing, and I reached that number. Now, um, you guys said stewarding. So as I understand it from what you told me, a steward is basically you're the uh, busboy for the table. Yes. Yeah. And it's and, your and job to sit sit quietly like a good little boy and learn. Pretty much. Basically. Yeah. It, dep- okay. it depends. I mean, we were. I was very lucky in that um, I stewarded for uh, – Greg Kelly and um, Bernard, and I, I had known the two of them, Greg, a little better before that. So they kind of encouraged me to sit down okay. and like talk with them, and and I learned a lot about it then. Um, and then the next day, same thing. The two judges, I didn't know them, but they were, you know, they basically right away poured me a sample okay. and and um, judge with them. I was amazed at uh, the amount of time that went into judging one beer. So, you know, you get these score sheets, and we'll post a picture of, of two very special score sheets we'll talk about later uh, in the show notes. But basically, there there's aroma, the, the visual factor, flavor, um, I can't mouthfeel. Remember, mouthfeel, thank you. That's one I always forget. Mouthfeel, and then the overall impressions. And there's like a paragraph they write for each one. 
It's it's unbelievable. And they basically taste, maybe they taste two ounces of beer each. You know, and unlike when you go to a wine tasting, no one's spitting anything out here. So they can't, you know, they have to slow down and take everything, well, take everything in. And there's good reason for that, too, because you don't fully taste the beer without actually swallowing it because a great deal of flavor is actually from retronasal little particles of the thing you're drinking yeah. or eating actually flying up the back of your uh, throat into your nose and activating the sensors there. Which is why it always confused me when they spit out the wine. Like, right. you, you're going to tell me that that, fl- that same thing doesn't occur with wine? Like, I know it does, so maybe they're just, you know, need an excuse to not be classy. And then, <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, we're, there's, way too, there's way too much hoity-toityness going on here at the wine tasting. Yeah. We need to spit something to make we it We need feel a spit a- bucket. That's right. Yeah, there's a... Oh, it's going to be a gilded spit bucket. <laughs> yeah, for anybody who wants to know anything about that, I watched a, a documentary on Netflix called SOM, S-O-M-M, and it was all about a bunch of guys trying to... Uh, attain the highest level of sommelier. It was, it, I mean, the level of work that went into it is crazy. And honestly, it's the same thing when it comes to being ranked as a beer judge or a cicerone, which is a, which is a beer server. The the exams are, are pretty, uh, pretty pretty deep after the this online one. So we'll report back when we do those. But yeah, I'm, I kind of I was talking with you, Justin, earlier, but I don't think I'm going to be able to make that commitment to doing those just because of. The thousand one thing, other things going on in my life, and I'm like, we're young yet. So if you come back around to the hobby and whatnot, yeah, you know, who knows? Yeah, maybe like I'll, I'll file that under, uh, you know, retirement plans. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, like learning something in my elder years. Yeah, if I didn't, if I didn't start brewing, I I can't imagine that I would yeah. I would do I would do it. So, um, so I mean, the first night we we each threw at a table. And then we came back. We were, I was going to come back the next day for uh, both sessions, but Mark and I came back for the afternoon. There was two more judging sessions, one in the morning and one in the afternoon, both those at Na- the Nassau Coliseum where the Great, Great Beer Expo was being held. Right. It was, uh, you know, uh, I think it was Andrew, uh, LABME president. Somebody from LABME commented, like, because where, where they had uh, the judges set up was in, like, the VIP lounge. Oh, Okay. And uh, somebody was like, this is, like, the nicest place I've ever judged beer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because it's usually in, like, the back room at, you know, oftentimes uh, Great South Bay. Right. But now that, you know, they've given half the building over to uh, Fire Island, they don't have as much room in the back to really accommodate that anymore. Gotcha. So uh, Justin and I, like, a couple of months ago, actually ran into Frank, who's the the vice know. president of LABMA. I may know Frank by face. You definitely know him do. if you saw him. Oh, yes, I do know Frank now. Yes. yes. He's the one that looks... He. I, this reference makes no sense to you guys, but for me, he looks like the chef that I used to work with. Okay. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's it's fake Chef Bill. Got it. Okay. <laughs> like, and this is, this is no dis- disparaging. He just happens to be a doppelganger of... Frank and I'm like, okay, that's how. Every time I see him, I'm like, is that him? No, it's not. This, him. this, is, guy, this is your this word guy's association. Not a raging alcoholic that's miserable at the world, <laughs> to the best of my knowledge. <laughs> no, I, I can say that uh, any dealing I've had with Frank could be the opposite of that. So, there you go. yeah. But anyway, you know, uh, Justin and I were at Spider Bite one Friday afternoon because I got to work early, and I think he was off that day. And Frank came in, and he was, you know, fretting like, oh, we don't know what, like, where we're actually going to do the judging. Yeah. for the competition this year because of the situation at Great South Bay because okay. I think every year previous that's where they had it. Okay. 
Okay, that makes sense. And then uh, Starface Junctions, who is the the event organizer behind the Great Beer Expo, also the Craft Classic. They do like everything, all the beer ones. Alive. Yeah, yeah, most of the big they ones. They do pour at the least. core too. I know. Right. They, they actually invited LABME to come and do the competition during the Great Beer Expo. Oh, okay. And uh, that's why that's why they had the whole space over there. Right. Yeah. I did not realize that at all. Yeah. The uh, um, Andy, I forget his last name, Kalamasu or something along those lines. Kalamasa, something like that, yes. Okay. Who's like uh, the founder and like president right. of Starfish invited Andrew to come and do it at the at the uh, show and announce the winners from the floor and everything, which was definitely unique from what I've seen. Yeah. Which from, was uh, uh, on our Facebook Live. Yes, yes, everything was live, so if we I know, keep I your the interest... Guy, I, Okay, was, we did it live. If it was shaky, and it was because, A, I had been drinking, and B, I'm just not that steady when it comes to holding a phone up in front of me, being bumped around by people For trying to get there. minutes. Yeah, trying to collect their prizes. Yeah, uh, Mark uh, streamed the, the mead table and the uh, the beer table, the beer the best, in best show. shows, and then uh, Kevin took care of the uh, the award ceremony, yes. which we'll, uh, we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, so... You know, there's not a lot more, much more we can say about judging the beer other than the process. But in general, like, what was your takeaway, Mark? You've been involved in a lot more as far as entering many more beer and mead competitions than I have. Um, I don't know how many times you've gone to see them. Yeah, I mean, the best that I've done is like showing up to Great South Bay, like approximately when you know they said that the awards would start be handed out, just so that I could be there in person and get. Like get my hands on the score sheet and see how I did and whatnot, um, but actually being there, being a part of it, definitely, uh, I had fun. I definitely learned a lot. I tasted some good beer and I tasted some beer that was questionable. Why somebody thought this was worth actually mm. entering into a competition? The table right. that I stewarded Saturday afternoon was uh, hybrid beers, so it was a combination of American wheat, cream ale, and Kolsch. Okay, interesting. And somebody had entered um, an American wheat beer that all probably everything went wrong with it. Like, definitely there were some sanitation issues. Oh, man. Uh, because when it was cold... You didn't taste it as much? Like, it smelled like diacetyl, which is that right. movie theater... Popcorn. Butter yeah. popcorn. And definitely you've had great, the, great at the theater, terrible in your beer. Yeah, <laughs> and it definitely had that coating mouthfeel to oh, it as well. I don't like that. But then as it started warming up, and I had to go back to this, because so um, the two judges I was with, you know, one of them was in agreement with me, like, so they would sit and fill out their score sheets, and then a little, I guess a little bit different, and I keep hitting my microphone, I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, you're, you're Italian a little bit. coming out. <laughs> I'm not Italian. I know. That's why you're only bumping the microphone and not smacking it's, it around. Yeah. I haven't knocked it off the table. <laughs> um, so the two judges that I was stewarding for, they would, you know, fill out their score sheets right. incomplete and then converse. As I, opposed to, I think, Justin, you had more of a discussion going through with the guys you were working which, with. Which, yeah. thinking about it, like, <clears throat> as you were explaining the process, that's... That makes more sense to me to fill it out completely and then come back to it and discuss because and we've done it here you get the kind of group think right know, we you you put 
I say something of what I get out of it, and then now that idea is in your head, and it may, you know, it may affect the way that you perceive it. So I think it's probably better, and this is just my own opinion on it, to say, you know, go through it, and then we can discuss it. And then we can maybe go back, at least for the first time through. And then if we want to go back and make some adjustments to it and discuss it, probably a great idea. But I don't really want you telling me right away, like, no, let me figure it out and then then go through it. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Uh, but anyway, there was a discrepancy between the two judges. One was in agreement with me, like, oh, this is all die settled. And the other one was like, really? I get sour from this. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, it smells like sour milk. So I went back, poured a little bit more out of the bottle. It had warmed up now. Right. And, like, smelled it again. And, oh, my God, it smelled like sour milk. Like, yeah. straight up sour milk. And I was like, oh, my God, how did I not, like, how did I miss this before? So, yeah, just just not good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I had the similar thing. I was at the, uh, the second day. I was at the sour table. Okay. And, um... Where sour is a good thing again to have. Well, right. But the, the, it was interesting. <laughs> but it can go wrong so easily. <laughs> the first two, it, it, it was an auspicious start. The first two were not, uh, they weren't good. One basically smelled like a, an entire um, drawer full of gym socks. Mm, that's no, and, not uh, pleasant. Basically had a similar sort of musty flavor. And you know, the next one just basically wasn't sour. But neither neither one, there was definitely big flaws in in, in, in the first two. But then, you know, it got... It got progressively better, but it was very interesting. And there's a fine line between beers that get, you know, so the, this total score is out of 50. Okay. And one of the other interesting things about judging that I've that I've both read about and got to witness is that some judges come up with a total score. Because there's, there are ranges um, for each one. Like, there's problematic, fair, good, very good, excellent, and then outstanding. So, I'm just going to, just because you mentioned it, yeah. and for anyone who doesn't know, I'm just, I'm just going to not read off the sheet itself, but... Like, not read you the results of it, but just to tell you that the outstanding would be the 45 to 50 range, the excellent would be that 38 to 44 range. And so it keeps working its way down. Very good, good, fair, problematic. But I gotta say, these score sheets, maybe it's like, you know, tickling back to the idea of like, you know, the, the character creation sheet or all the other, <laughs> like, the fun worksheet, the fun worksheets that you can do. And it's like, oh, okay. And I really like the way that it's laid out. And um, I don't know. I'm, do you mind if I read a couple of these things? I didn't want to step on you. Or are you no, going to go through them? Well, no, I'm, 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 I think I, I'm going to get to that a little bit later. But what oh. I was going to say was that the, the you know, so these judges have to come up with this total score. So they, right. they break that score down into the five categories that I mentioned earlier. Right. And those, and those categories have a certain number of points assigned to them. So, right. like, appearance is three points maximum, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Uh, aroma is... So, just going through them, the aroma is out of 12. The appearance is out of three. The flavor is out of 20, the mouthfeel is out of 5, and the overall impression is out of 10. Yeah, it's obviously a perfect score being 50. So some judges go through and they assign a score to each one of the categories, and that total is where it ends up. Um, I don't know. How, it seemed to me that the second way of doing it was more popular, at least in the judges that I talked to and, and witnessed, was coming up with a score that fits into one of those categories. So if they feel like the beer is very good... Oh, they, so like yeah. in the range? Yeah, okay, they'll so, throw it in that range. So and then I think it's very good, them. and that's 30 to 37. So I'm going to say, you know what, I think this is like a 35. Right. And so now I'm going to make the 35 fit across the five categories. Right. Exactly. That seemed to be the most popular way of getting the score set up, and it makes sense to me because this way you're being fair to the beer as a whole. And then, again, you can also you can always change it. You know, you, yeah. you, it does it in pencil. So if you're going through and you go, you know what, I'm, I, I, in order to get the 35, I can only give... The um, 
the aroma a two, but it, it was perfect. So I want to give it a three. So either you take away from somewhere else, you just sort of make the math work out. I think <clears throat> I can understand that thought process to it, but to me, I feel like I would not want to do that in the case of, you know, now I might have to take something away from a category that maybe doesn't deserve to lose that just to make the math work. Like, but then you could, oh, then hey, you, could, you know, then you, you got a two score. out of three on the appearance because you know what? Like, I need to. I'm at thirty five. I'm at thirty six, and I need to make it the thirty five that I want it to be. So you know, maybe the appearance was only two out of three instead of three out of three. But I don't know. I again, I have never done it, so I can't. Oh, at that point, exactly at that point, you would. At that point, if I felt that strongly about it, then you make it a certain, yeah. thirty. Make the total thirty six. Yeah, uh, sort of on that subject too. Like, so it's just signing, every beer. Every, every beer is tasted by at least two judges. Okay, right, and then they those two judges, their scores have to be within seven points of one another, because okay. if they are further off than that, then like. The judges get in a row and like they really get into it and really break it down. Like, okay, well, why did why did you only score this in this category? And try okay. and you know work it, you know, just come work through it and come, medium. yeah, right, okay. and come to an the agreement. opposite of what Congress does. Got right. it. Yes. Okay. And what's what's really interesting is when you have the two scores, you know, the, you would assume that the assigned score would be the average of the two, which at least for me, in all the instances that I stewarded. That's what it was, but you can. The two judges can also sit there and go, "Well, I gave it a forty, and you gave it a thirty-five, and they can just agree to give it a thirty-eight, like as the actual assigned score." Okay, I kind of. It doesn't seem to happen very often, <laughs> but um, that's that's I, that is something that's allowed. I mean, I guess if I would say I would be kind of okay with that if it was if they're both within the same range, like so looking if. You know, if I got one that's a 32 and one that's a 35, again, if I we just kind of look at it and go, hey, you know what, let's call it a 33 and be done with it. Okay, maybe that makes sense, but I guess if you're in between the two stages, you know, okay, one's a 36 and one puts it over the 40 mark, you know, to get in there, the 41, I think that's when you have to kind of average it and look a little more. But, again, I haven't done it. I don't know. Like, it's, I'm just trying to yeah. go with, like, what the logical thing is to me. But the good news is, for the most part, um, with, only, with only one beer out of the, I think, um, roughly like 18 total beers that I watched get judged, there was right. only one where anyone was off by more than seven and where they weren't like just right on point. Okay. You know what I mean? Together. So luckily that didn't seem to happen that often. It makes um, me have faith in the fact that of like the judging process that they're uh, consistent with what with what's being reviewed with how it's being reviewed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean at least in the the tables that I stewarded like there was always they were always within a couple of points of one another. Okay. So it was never there was never that situation where one was drastically different from the other. Gotcha. The only thing close to this that I've ever done is that for a little bit I was a high school history teacher so I graded the regents exams and you read the essay and it's out of 5 if I give it a 3 and you give it a 4, same thing two people read it, then you split the difference. You got a 3 and a half. But if I give it a three and you give it a five, then we need to get a third person in here, and they're going to read it, and theirs is the one that goes. Gotcha. Yeah, it's very similar. Um, we talked about some of the, the negative beers we had. As far as like good stuff, there was definitely a lot of very good beer that I had. But because I don't get to drink it that often, the meads are what stood out. Because the coolest part about stewarding and being a part of the process was when, when something won a table or was extremely good or you know yeah. placed at a table, most of the time... When everybody was done judging, everyone was like, you got to come over here and taste this, like yeah. right now. 
And uh, there was a, a pineapple, um, ha- I think it was habanero, pineapple chipotle. chipotle. Yeah, pineapple chipotle mead. That was really good. That I was insane. I didn't like that one. I thought it was pretty oh, darn good. It's got pineapple in it. Yeah, it was pineapple. Yeah, it was pineapple. I got to say, say as far like as it. when I arrived at the event, I think I arrived at the perfect time. Oh, you did. Because I showed up to the point where everyone was like, we're done. This is awesome. And it, when it was that, hey, try this thing. Hey, did you try that? Hey. And all the extra ones are sitting on the table and we're like, hey, we're cracking open the second bottle of that one. We're doing this. So I was like, this is great. I already know it's, they're going to tell me what's good already. Fantastic. Yep. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was, the whole process was a lot of fun. Like, I honestly, I mean, I 100% know that Chris Kelly, the organizer, and that uh, Andrew wouldn't agree with me. I wish there was one every weekend. Yeah. If they had to do that every weekend and run it, they, they probably would. Oh, they'd be dead. Like they just Murder, wouldn't be able to murders handle it. everywhere. Yeah, it would it's not be definitely good. a lot of work for sure. And uh, big thanks to all those guys for the work that they put in, and uh, thank you to Andrew for inviting us to come and cover the event. And you know, I had a great experience volunteering. I think Justin did too, and definitely has motivated me to get involved with the process more and really volunteer at more competitions either stewarding or eventually judging the beer yeah i can't wait either and um you know basically when we had a little lull in the action so the judging was all done and we were waiting for the best in show tables to start um mark and i sat down with andrew yeah, a very tired andrew and got uh, a little bit of words from him so uh we're gonna put that in here and we'll uh, get back to you guys when that's done all right everyone we're here with andrew luberto president of libme and uh we've just finished round two of the saturday judging so all that remains is the best in show category uh andrew do you want to talk a little bit about the competition i believe this is the fifth year yeah this is our this is our fifth year and um it's a beer and mead competition last year we we uh, tagged on to um a four competition circuit the East Coast Mead Makers of the Year uh, that represent um, what's collectively called the East Coast Mead Maker of the Year. So throughout four competitions, whoever gets the most um, most medals, whoever medals the most, ends up being they crowned. They accumulate that, yeah. points for each medal. Right, exactly. So yeah, so it's it's you know we get a lot of you know we've had entries from Poland, we get a lot of them from all over the country, California. We got a bunch from Arizona this year. Right, there was that Florida crazy last minute shipment. Right. Yeah, of, yeah. So of nineteen different meads or something right, like 21, that. Right, twenty one. Yeah, someone yeah sent twenty one twenty one different meads. So you know a lot of from like the more um, warmer climates that tend to have more uh, meaderies and honey available. Um, so we got a lot, a lot of interesting stuff here. So yeah, it's, this is our fifth year and it's our first year doing it in conjunction with the Great Beer, Ex- uh, Great Beer Expo here at Nassau Coliseum. Um, Andy and Linda Calamano um, from Starfish Junction invited us in and uh, they've been really terrific with help, helping us out. Yeah, it's been it's it's really cool to uh, be part of a big, that big event. And, yeah. You know, where once the best in show is done, you're going to be announcing the best in show on the floor, right? Yeah. So we'll uh, yeah the the, the six uh, best of show, uh, top three me, top three beer. We're going to announce on the floor of the show in front of the LIBME tent. Um, so yeah, so we're super excited about it. Yeah, that's, that's going to be uh, interesting. Uh, how many uh, different categories were there in total? Um, I th- we I think it was like 26 or 27. Oh wow. Yeah, 26, 27. So we had we had about 200. We had about 210 entries, you know, which which is good. Yeah, that's a, a fair fair number of uh, beers to drink. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Beers and meads to drink, you know. Yeah. So, but overall, I seems to have run pretty smoothly because we wrapped up earlier than you thought today, right? Yeah, you know, it, it's um, what's been great is that uh, you know, the club um has been hosting uh bjcp exam beer judge certification exams and beer judge mead certification exams so there's um, enough qualified every year. people right i mean you know we've been getting steadily four or five people 
a year, and you know, after five years, you know what I mean. It's uh, you know, it's it's it puts a significant dent in it. So we were able to keep the flights really low, which is what I like. You know, I'm you know, I, I judge a lot, and uh, one of the things I always appreciate is low flights. Like I don't want to sit there and judge 16 beers in one sitting. You know, I want to judge set maybe seven or eight. You know, right? So because you, you get palate fatigue. The palate fatigue, you get tired. You know, you make you make bad score. You know, you write up bad score sheets. It's just you know, it's much better to keep it lower. Yeah, one of the things, this is my first time I stewarded the event, and um, hopefully I'll be one of the judges soon. Good. But the, uh, I was really surprised and impressed at the amount of time that goes into each beer. I mean, for instance, last night, I know it was probably a little longer. Thank you again for the honor. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thank you so See much. See you next year. Take care. That it needed to be. And, uh, but, uh, you know, so I was talking to Greg the whole time, so Greg Kelly probably was helping me out. But it was like, a, like, it was like 20 minutes of beer, so the amount of time and effort and concentration that goes into the judging, oh, yeah. it really, I mean, it was, I didn't, I didn't anticipate it. I mean, I knew there was a lot, but it was impressive. Yeah, it gets, yeah, each beer gets about, about 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. Sometimes longer. Um, and then if it goes to mini best of show, you know, then the, the judges all get together and discuss it again. And then if it goes to best of show, you the judges all sit there and discuss it again. So it's it's you know it's pretty involved, pretty detailed. Can you explain what mini best of show is? Yeah. So if there's um, so let's say there's like 20 entries, right? Um, but it's only one category. You know, like IPA. Yeah, like IPA. So we had 25 IPAs. So it's like, all right, well, I can't split. It's it's only one category. It's IPA, but I got to split that among you know, three sets of judges in order to make it reasonable, you know. Uh, so those three sets of judges each, you know, they each judge around, you know, eight each, eight or nine each. And then they all got to, at the end, they all got to come together and they got to figure out, well, what's first, second, and third for this category? So each set of judge will put forward, like, two or three of their favorite IPAs, and then they'll all get together and try them and decide. And get a consensus among everybody. Right, get a consensus, what's first, gotcha. what's second, what's third. That makes sense. And then we're also doing that with the wood age category, right? Yeah. Okay. Anything that had more than two sets of judges always gets a mini best of show. That makes sense. So yeah. Otherwise, there's no consistency because there's, you know, different palettes. Right, exactly. Exactly. Interesting. Uh, I don't know, Justin, any, anything else on the competition today? No, uh, it was just a lot of fun. I uh, got to learn a whole lot being a steward and, and getting this, you know, it's steward. You, you are, um, for those that don't know, you're responsible for essentially transporting the beer over to the table. But mm -hmm. you also get to sit down and, and drink the beer. And I was lucky enough that the judges, have, you know, even collaborated with me. And I got to learn a whole lot about the process. It was, it was fascinating. I can't wait to do it again. Yeah, you know, the club's holding another beer judge certification exam in August. We're holding, a, we're, we're holding a mead judge certification exam in February. You know, for anybody who's uh, interested in taking it, you know, they can reach out to the club through our Facebook page or through our uh, individual emails. No yeah, Justin and I definitely want to uh, um, take your uh, prep class over the summer for yeah. the yeah. beer certification. Yeah, yeah we're, yeah, we're holding a prep class over the summer, and that's, that's always, it's, it's good. You know, it's, it's um, you know, it doesn't have to be snobby, it doesn't have to be highbrow, it's just, you know, getting to know your beverage and getting to know what you like and what you dislike and, and picking out things of um, characteristics that, you know, maybe you don't know what it is, but, uh, yeah, yeah. more or less developing the vocabulary right. to be able to, you know, put towards what you actually are experiencing. Yeah, you know, it's more than I like this or I don't like this. You know, and you also get to learn different styles of beers and different regions of beers and say, okay, well, I'm in the mood for, you know, something that has a low bitterness, clean, you know, m you know, malt forward, you know, with slight roastiness, you know. So you're like, okay, well, I can whittle that down to this group of beers. And so I'm going to walk into a beer store, I'm going to walk into a restaurant. You know, it's, it's got to be pretty intimidating for some people walking into some of these bars and they have like 40 taps and you're just like, I don't know what any of this is. Right, you know plus I mean? a, a list of 120-something bottles. Right, exactly, yeah. you know what I mean? So it's, you know, just some of that basic knowledge, especially as craft beer has exploded at the way it has over the last 15 years, you know. Um, 
you know, just helpful as a consumer. Yeah. All right. Thank you for your time, and uh, we look forward to, well, both the uh, announcements of the winners and uh, doing this again next year. Thanks, guys. All right. So uh, thanks again to Andrew for taking a few minutes out of his busy day to talk to us. Um, I figured we could talk a little bit about how uh, actual best in show happens. So when you enter a homebrew competition, you submit. I mean, it depends on the competition, but you submit more than one bottle. Right. So if you actually are, you, if you win the table that your beer is judged at, you know, you get the highest score out of all the other beers sampled in that flight. Okay. So that, that just so everyone knows the table, that's the same category. All of those are like beers. Yeah, but the you know individual styles may be combined into the same table. So right, like, but they'll be similar. You're gonna have yeah. maybe a porter and a stout together. You're not gonna have a culch and a stout at the same table. Right. Yeah. Okay, so you have a re- so you have a, a family of styles. Yeah. So like I yeah. I had said that you know the one I um, stewarded Saturday afternoon was hybrid beer. So okay. you know it was. You said I think yeah, you said it was, was culches and right. American you know, meats and stuff like and uh, cream ales. Things that are like lager, but not actually a lager. Okay, fake lager beers. Got yes. It. And Justin, which one did you? What uh, family did you steward for? I did uh, sours. sours. So I, okay. we were we were uh, Flanders uh, reds, and um, uh, there were vegetable sours as well. So vegetable sours. Okay. And then uh, Friday night, you did. Uh, I had Kolsch and. Uh, no, Friday night you had uh, fruit beers and fruit and spice beers. Oh, right, exactly. Okay. Yes, right. Sorry. So the winner of the individual tables, right? So that know, dances that's... off and goes to nationals, right? No, no. <laughs> so that that second bottle then goes on to the best in show table. Oh, okay. And what happens is at the best in show table is they gather up, uh, you know. I think the number can vary, but like four judges, let's say. Okay. That weren't necessarily involved with the individual um, flights. Okay, so... So it's not like... It's not necessarily like, oh, this was one of my favorite, like, I'm going to go for this one. Right. But, so what they do is they pour out a sample of each of the beers or meads or, you know, ciders. They pour out samples of each one of those. All right. And then they start tasting them, and it's basically like a knee-jerk reaction of, like, I love this one the most. Interesting. I... I think that's really interesting that it goes from such a technical. Yeah, and it really just it goes down to a very simple elimination. To really simple of, dude, this one's better than that one. Get rid of it. So, yeah. And basically, if like one of the judges is like, eh, it's not my favorite, then it, like it's out unless somebody, like one of the other judges, really is like, for this is the one. Like I'm not backing down from that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they take into account the style that you're tasting to an extent, but it does really seem to be. You know, I think this one is the is the best because at that point, unless you know the, the second bottle has some issue with it, the first one didn't. Right. They're obviously all extremely good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I'm sure. I'm sure that's got to be especially frustrating. I think that did happen, didn't it? One of the uh, bottle was that yours that had the the, the uh, contaminated bottle? Or well, I, I, yeah, it turns out. Not, that, I'm not yeah, trying to no, push on this bottle, no. but like, it turns out it that all, a lot of the bottles of my opium that are contaminated, oh. and the one that I submitted to the previous competition where it got a 35 and a half, right. apparently instead of me picking the wrong one for this competition, yeah. I happened to just pick the right one. Oh, for, for the that, other one. For oh, that one. You got the outlier already. Not, yeah. it's, it, you <laughs> yeah. got the exception, not the rule. Exactly, unfortunately. Oh. But uh, yeah, so the watching it was pretty fascinating because I mean, there was no... I was hoping there would be some uh, somebody would throw down for one yeah. of the beers. But uh, 
it was it was interesting to see the uh, one the process of by like rock paper scissors or something <laughs> or like you know <laughs> they roll a twenty sided die, <laughs> you know the the or just kick each other in the nuts and the last one standing gets their choice right, <laughs> and like all these beers are so great and then it was interesting because the first I think the first two or three fell pretty quick it was kind of like you sipped each one they're like yeah yeah these are. These are these aren't that these this isn't the one these aren't, these aren't the drones you're looking you for. You are the weakest link. Yeah, and then as they move through, it definitely got more difficult for them to yeah, decide. Yeah, then the discussions for individual ones definitely uh, went on longer and longer. Right. And so they kind of so they weed out a couple. They go back. They try them again. They weed out a couple, and then you try to get it down to like the final three, four. And then yeah, so really like the beer table, I think they pared it down to like four. Okay, and then they really went back and forth a that lot seems very over, reasonable. over those last four. Well, especially considering those, you know, you have four left, and three of those four are going to get ribbons of some sort. No, no I think that yeah. kind of makes sense. And if you, you know, if you're interested at all in seeing the process, you know, check out our Facebook feed. If you go back a little bit, we uh, live stream both best in show tables. So if you want to, you know, actually see what that process looks like, you can go back and take a look. Yeah, if you check the show notes, I'll have links right to those posts so you can you can watch. I mean, they're they're long, and um, you know, we weren't we didn't want to like be right up in everyone's grill, so we, we we stayed a little bit away and kind of, you know, I'm not sure how much of the process you can hear, but you can definitely see the amount of time it takes them to move through um, through the flights. Yeah, that it's a, it's really a deli- from from what I've seen just in a little bit of going, it's really a very deliberate process yeah there was also a considerable background noise because this was happening in the corner of the great beer expo so yeah. there's quite a lot going on yes that's true um so after best in show we had the award ceremony which was particularly eventful for uh for us because uh mark got uh, some pretty pretty hefty awards and uh, i'm gonna let him talk about it a little bit because uh i like hearing him talk about it he, he doesn't get too excited in public but then apparently at home he can't sleep. So I want to I want to hear this excitement <laughs> no, now. No. Justin, watch your eyes because he's, he's excited about <laughs> he's it. He's sitting across from me. Good thing the table's here. Well, yeah, I'm you know, very pleasantly surprised that I won two blue ribbons. Woo! For both uh, fruit and spice beer, and then the uh, sour category. So, you know, most surprisingly to me, at least. Yeah. So which beer was the fruit and spice beer? So that was uh, my high baby Kolsch, which is a Kolsch with uh, peaches and habanero in it. Yes. Which I have, I've mentioned this one as asking you to redo it a few times, and then when you decided to redo it, I was very excited. Yeah, well, I the first time I made it was to celebrate the birth of my daughter almost three years ago now, and that with my wife being 40 weeks pregnant. Very, very pregnant. It, yes. <laughs> uh, it, it had... To happen again, so I brewed it again back in I think it was September, right. and uh, I haven't even tasted it yet myself. So like I really you just like, set it off blind. Huh? Yeah, I sampled it in the bottling bucket while I was adding the habanero tincture to it. Well, that makes sense. But yeah. I haven't tasted like the final beer with carbonation or anything yet at this point, and you know it won a blue ribbon. So like I'm fucking amazed at that. There you go. And uh, everything's coming up Millhouse. And then the the other blue ribbon is the infamous blueberry and chili beer that we've been talking about since pretty much we started this thing. That's true. I think we did talk about that very early on in the show. Yeah. And that, uh, that was that, yeah, to me this is the most surprising. If anybody can reca- uh, recap the last time we talked about competitions, this beer scored a, a 17. A 17 at a, another local competition back it in the spring. Like buffalo wings. It smelled like a buffalo wing. It smelled like a buffalo wing. I don't remember what they said it tasted like, and I think I may have destroyed those score sheets because I was so upset with them. Yeah, Mark was having a seizure on the ride back from, yeah. from the competition. 
And uh, I, I really didn't even think it was worth spending the $8 to enter it into the LIBME competition. I, had, I even asked Justin about it. I'm like, I don't even know if it's worth it. Like, And turns out it won the damn flight. And then most surprisingly of all to me is that uh, LIBME paired up with Sand City Brewery in Northport for a Brewer's Choice Award. And uh, Billy, who's the head brewer from San City, was actually one awesome of the judges. Yeah, by the way, I've never met Billy, but awesome haircut. He was one of the judges at the beer best in show table, and he actually picked the, you know, Burning Violet Beauregard as his brewer's choice. Outstanding. So as long as his partners, right? Yeah, as long as long as uh, Kevin, who's the founder, and whoever. Not yeah, not not you, Kevin, but uh, as long as the other powers that be. At, uh, San City are on board with it. My beer is going to get brewed there and served in their tasting room, which is that is really going to be really fucking awesome. Yeah, There's all the words for that. Fucking awesome. It's I, I'm amazed. Like I still can't really believe it, and it'll be interesting trying to work out the logistics with having a newborn. Yeah, very soon. I'm but, I'm really just interested in seeing the scale up process like that that's the part of that that yeah yeah i was i spent some time talking with billy i believe he said holy fuck that's a lot of rye yeah basically the sentiment Uh, those might not be the exact words i said the sentiment that he had was oh jesus the watering process yeah Yeah. because they're rice holes (laughs) i need more rice holes so if you're unaware rye uh is very thick when you try to mash it and make beer so it makes it really hard to drain the sweet wart out of it. Kevin's yeah. cracking himself up. <laughs> no, 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 I, 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 I gave a little hand signal there that uh, cracked him up. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, I didn't see it behind the okay. laptop. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's going to be interesting, and I'll be uh, was certainly going to record and, you know, talk to those guys over there as the process is going through and doing a whole episode about that. And yeah. We'll certainly let all you listeners know when it goes on tap there because that's going to be uh, it's going to be a great experience to say the least. Yeah, that's going to be extremely extremely exciting, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna crack some of this here now, and uh, we're gonna drink some in celebration of the of the moment. It was uh, it was a lot of fun because you know obviously it was a bummer to not um, get a ribbon for best in show for either of the be- either of those beers, but. I just know that uh, um, the organizer, Chris Kelly, came up to me and he goes, Mark didn't leave, did he? And I said, no, why? He goes, uh, nothing, nothing like that. And then he kind of no called reason. me. And then he called me aside and he, was, he said, you know, he, that he, Mark had won the uh, Brewer's Choice Award. And I'm like, that's better than Best in Show. <laughs> as like, far as I'm concerned, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, he's like yeah, it's pretty cool. So I, uh, I was pretty, it was pretty exciting to watch, uh, watch you go up and get the award. So peeking at Mark's score sheets here... Um, for the blueberry, you got an assigned final assigned score of 40. One judge gave it a 38 out of 50, and the other one gave it a 42 out of 50. So that's pretty darn awesome. Yeah, which is a far cry from the 17. 17. And on your other, and on the high baby, um, you had a 40 out of 50 on one and a 40 out of 50 on the other. So they were both. Right I, on. I actually, that. oddly enough, for the high baby, I was that was this table that I stewarded on Friday. So I I knew that Mark's beer was there, so I'm like, okay, I'm just not gonna say anything when they're when they're talking about it. 
But I didn't know, and it makes sense now, I was there for the whole process that Mark listed me as co-brewer. So it was a little uncomfortable <laughs> when I was like, oh, shit, he listed me as co-brewer. So, but there was no, uh, no hanky-panky. So interestingly, looking at the score sheets um, from the high baby, they were basically identical with a one-point swing in mouthfeel and overall impression was just where they flip-flopped on that. But, you know, that was... I think it's, again, I'm always intrigued that it comes through so evenly. So, pouring out the, uh, what, are, what are we calling this one? The Violet Beauregard? Burning Violet Beauregard. It was originally Burning Beauregard, but people weren't getting it. Right. So we decided to put the whole name. And if anyone still doesn't get it, first of all, fuck you. That's right. And second of all, it is the uh, is Violet Beauregard from uh, Bully Wonka the and the Chocolate Factory. The bitch that gets Factory. turned into a blueberry. Yeah. That's right. This is a... Uh, I mean, if you look at it, if you if anyone looked at this and didn't say, "Hey, that's a blueberry beer," they, they would have problems. I mean, maybe raspberry would be the only thing I can think of, but it's yeah, a lot darker than you a better raspberry. Better say berries. Yeah, you, you know. Well, I mean, fair point to the judges that scored this. Like, you don't necessarily get specifically that blueberry in here. Not in the taste. No, no. it's kind of generic berry. Yeah, but it, it there's definitely a carry through in the color on the beer. Yeah, the, the nose on it, you definitely get a little bit, you get sweetness, but you also definitely get a hint of the heat. Yeah. After shaking it up a little bit, like to get a little, release a little bit more and catch a little more of the heat. Yeah. Like the, that chili scent with it. Well, and the, there's definitely a strong sour aroma to it as well. Yeah, yes. definitely. The, the interesting thing is when we first bottled this beer and tasted it, you know, anybody who's a loyal listener knows that oh, I have a high shit, heat. This is so much better than it was. <laughs> exactly. Oh, has a high shit, heat tolerance. better than it was. But the heat comes through more now but it, oddly enough the sourness the order that you taste it is the amazing part you get a little bit of sweetness you get some heat and you get some sour that washes it off and i will echo kevin's sentiment that this is way better than when it was first uh we first bottled it so from what i'm remembering when i first tried it it was very sweet with the blueberry kind of non-existent with that warmth factor until the very end almost the end of the bottle not even like the whole sip but like the end of the bottle had a little bit more of the heat on it and the sour was there but not as not as tart as this is i feel like if i'm remembering correctly i may be misremembering it but it's definitely uh evolved in the bottle since it was bottled and i think it's been in the bottle for more than six months at this point Yeah. yeah now it's got a little um, a little more mold berry flavor to it, like a, what macerated berries that like kind of like mash together a little. You know, I want to say muddled, but I don't want it to sound like it's not clean. But it's you like, like mashed, like mashed up literally berries, if you mashed up berries. You know, muddled them together with a natural muddler. Um, like if you were a mixologist. Yes, exactly. But the heat is much more prevalent now. And it's just the perfect balance in there. I really like it. That was the sentiment was from the judges was balance. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. Like the deft, deft hand with chilies. Yeah, yeah, that that's what I... That was like the main thing that I learned yeah. from this whole competition experience is like I have the touch for adding just so, the right amount of chili to a beer to so get you that's that That's going to be your new... Street name, it'll be Mark Death Chili Williams. <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to play with that a little bit. I like it. So I think it'll be fun to read the just the overall impression column from each of the judges. So one of the judges says, surprisingly likable, well-balanced, complex, uh, complex, 
Um, sometimes the handwriting needs help. Um, the actual blueberry uh, flavor is not obvious, but that's okay. That's what that one said. Um, and in this case, this was the last beer of the fight. We'll uh, ignore the uh, handwriting there. And then the other judge wrote, Great way to use the heat without being overpowering. Berry was kind of lost. Could have been blackberry or cherry. I wouldn't be able to tell. Great job on this. Send me the recipe in an email and make berry flavors stronger slightly. So it, it was uh, well received, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was actually really funny to me as I was standing there uh, live streaming the right. Beer Best in Show table as they were pouring out the samples because just the way it ended up is that they, they poured the high baby with the uh, habaneros in it. And then immediately after that, they poured the sour with the anchos and habaneros in it. <laughs> oh, there you go. And the, all the judges at the Best in Show table were like, oh, because they're like, like oh, oh no, it's like chili beers, because they were expecting like the palates to just get like blown out. Yeah, and then they, when they, they put them to the end of the flight, right? Well, they like just the way they were, they were going off in like table order. Oh, okay. So like, here's the table one beer. Here's, uh, so okay. it they just actually happens. pour them all out at the same time. Really? Un unlike when they're actually judging, all the beers are poured out, and there's just there. In this case, there were what fourteen. Four, yeah, think. there were fourteen beers poured in front of each judge. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. And. uh it was just funny because they, they poured out the two beers with chili peppers in them, and then when they got to the next table, it was like, I don't remember what beer it was, but it's like, here's this pale ale, and one of the judges was like, what, no chili peppers? <laughs> <laughs> so, I think it'd be fun to uh, to rate this beer on our normal rating scale. So, I want Mark to go first. <laughs> uh, I'm going to call it a bomber, just because it's... Uh, it's 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 sipper with the tartness. Like I love it, but with the tartness of it, it's definitely uh, two pints would be my max. Like just because it's going to take me a while to drink those two pints. Yeah, um, I think that's you kind of hit hit it right on there. It's a sipper, so it's not going to be um, one that I drink a ton of. But I would definitely want to have a stockpile of them around because I would pull this out, and if anybody you know that. That I would drink if anybody showed up to have a drink and it's like, hey, I've never had a sour or I've never had a, a like a chili. I would pull this right out and just be like, you gotta have this one, have this one, have this. I would, I would preach for this beer. I would go and evangelize <laughs> to the people for this beer, which I did on the floor afterwards. But um, for me, definitely bomber is gonna be is just the right amount to sit down and hang out with. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree. I I kind of want to go growler on it because I, I really love it, but uh, the bomber is the is the right amount for in terms of what you're gonna want to purchase and sit down and, and, and drink the especially for a lot of people the heat is going to be a little it's not going to be overwhelming for anyone but i think that for your average person the heat is going to be enough to keep you into it but at the same time it's going to uh it's going to deter you maybe from having more than uh more than one the heat doesn't build but not no. people, you can't, some people can't stand the heat quite as long as i can <laughs> to be honest it's not the heat that's getting me for it it's more of the tartness yeah that's it's, keeping that's keeping me from being able like from being able to even Take more than the, uh, a hel uh, a healthy sip. It's de it. it's definitely appreciated. Like the sourness of this is appreciated to the point of like uh, a Rodenbach Grand Cru or something along those lines, where the it really assertive tartness. Yes, very. It very enjoyable, but it mm -hmm. it's not. It's so tart that it makes it uncrushable. Right. Agree. Agree. And that's just the right level of tartness for uh, for I know me and Mark and you I know you enjoy it too. I enjoy I enjoy this. This yeah. is this is uh, this is good to hang out and 
sit around drinking beer. No doubt. So, you know, now that the, uh, you know, the awards were given out, um, well, I'll also link to the full list of awards for everyone. I know that um, uh, someone in Arizona basically won every single meat ribbon humanly possible, essentially. Oh, <laughs> there was definitely he, some other ones I in there. The, I think the phrase that you used, Justin, was that he carpet-bombed the competition. I, uh, yeah. I, I said, uh, that. said that. Yeah. Yeah, that you I was the he, one that used that, that phrase. That he carpet-bombed the competition, that apparently he FedExed them like overnight yeah, or something. O- overnight, AM, 19 meads and two beards for the, for the competition. Yeah, yeah, he did quite well. I know the name. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if it's his first name. I think it's his first name. Carbon. Carbon yeah. is his first name. And uh, yeah. I have to be honest, um, at first I was like, wow, you know, those better be good. You, know, you better win something. Right. And he won quite a bit, and it was all well-deserved. That was the, yeah. the pineapple meat mead that I talked about. That was his, I believe. And the, honestly, uh, everybody was was go, went berserk. The mesquite honey oh, with the dates in it. That, too, was, that one was very good. I, I did not like that one. Yeah, there's a very assertive flavor. Yeah, it was the mesquite is not a flavor that I'm huge on. That's fair. It was just I just tried it and I was like, I can't do this one. It's just not right for me. Yeah, no, and that's what I really enjoyed about the I mean, all of the meads that I tr- that I got to try. Most of them were one of the best ones. Like I said, people were pointing out which ones to drink. Was how assertive the flavors were in comparison to what you would normally find in a beer. But it, uh, um, you know, we'll link to all the all these results and so that everyone can get highlighted. Um, of the, you know, of course, we want to highlight Mark the most because, well, you know, he's sitting across from me and he's paying me to do that. Um, <laughs> I pay you. <laughs> you do. Um, in love. Yes. So afterwards, you know, we attended the Great Beer Expo. Yeah, which was we a nice, we a nice went, bonus to the day. Yeah. Yeah, we set out and wandered the uh, the floor and drank some pretty damn tasty beers from yeah. uh, a lot of places that we have not actually got to yet, like uh, uh, I, Iconic. I, yeah, Iconic. It's, I, I, I love to say Ico NYC because I was so confused, but I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Iconic. Um, I've bought a bunch of uh, bombers from them, and I've they have very interesting flavors, all of them, and they're I, I enjoyed all of them. What was the, the name? Burn, Bronx? The Bronx is Burning. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a good one. The, um, what was the one that we got from the guys over at Barrage? What did they have? Didn't the guys at Barrage bring oh. something special? I don't know if I it was special for that, but I don't remember. I don't remember, but it was very good. Hold on. Yeah. Hold that thought. You guys keep going. I'll try to find it. It was, uh, it was a stout, right? Yeah, they had a stout that I, I particularly liked. And the, you know, even though they're not, a, um, you know, they're the biggest of craft in the, you know, the other borderline of craft is Sam, you know, Sam Adams, but they had the uh, the winter, not their winter ale, but their uh, their white Christmas or something yeah. like that, which was a winter spice beer, which I found enjoyable. I, I skipped it; it didn't really. Uh, I found it enjoyable. I usually grab I, one I of their uh, one of their winter. You know, oh, mix, the, the, mix, yeah, the seasonal cases. varieties pack. Yeah, the seasonal variety winter pack because it the old Fezziwig is right. And, and uh, then uh, what's the one with the cranberries in it? The cranberry lambic. That's it. Which is actually now thinking back on it, that was probably the first time that I tried a lambic, and I remember like everybody like having that, and everyone like someone was like, oh, "I don't like this. This is weird. It's like sour." I'm like, "I'm like, yeah, this is great. Let's, this is amazing. This, this tastes like cranberry. I want more of this. Why can't I buy a six pack of this? I can slam this. Let's go." So was it, did they bring a salt and fudgery? I don't remember that being the one. No, no, it wasn't a salt, salt and fudgery. fudgery, but that's a fantastic yeah. beer. That yeah, is. I don't. I, I unfortunately, I apologize. I can't remember what it was. I know it was really good. Um, they were set up right next to uh, 
our friends over at Bellport, and they had the, uh, yeah. the Bellhaven Pale Ale, which I remember talking about brief, briefly with you guys once before. Yeah, I, I finally taste. got a chance to try that. That yeah, was, that was spectacular. A very biscuity pale ale, that uh, English style pale ale that I I really Big enjoyed, that with that lots of fruit flavors from the from the hops, no dankness in it whatsoever. Right. Yeah, the very floral, fruity hops. I liked that. That was a nice one. The um, what was the other one that I had? Um, what was uh, what was Mike's beer at the LIBME? Tent. Oh, um, it was a, co- and, a yeah, coffee porter, I believe. Yeah, him, and, him and Lisa's co- uh, coffee porter was really, really it was spectacular. A, it was a porter or stout, I forget, but yeah, that was very I, good. I think he, I think they won an award for that one too, right? Didn't they? Yeah, I believe they took a second place yeah. for that because I believe Greg Kelly took first yeah. in that ca- uh, category. Mike. Yeah, and he, uh, Greg got uh, third for best in show with his. Uh, it was a coconut porter, uh, yes, dark was, mild, I believe. Oh, uh, right? coconut! Yeah, coconut dark. That was yeah, coconut sick. vanilla, cocoa or something like yeah. vanilla or whatever it was. Yeah, that was very good. I think I told Mike that he was my brewing spirit animal because <laughs> he because uh, he always seems to make stuff that's just right up my alley. With the, yeah, with the everything. Every every uh, show that we've been to since uh, having met him, definitely that is the case. Right. Um. And the sandwiches. We there we found a um, a brisket sandwich. Yeah, beer braised brisket sandwich. Yeah, beer braised brisket sandwich. Yes. that had a um, a horseradish a mild, mayo yeah. and a rye roll. And that and was stellar. So good. Like that hit the spot so much in the middle of the that show, and it was a little heavy right after. But before we left, we should have stopped and got one more because that was such a good sandwich. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a rare occurrence that you're you know at a place like that and you know. In the Coliseum. In the Coliseum, yeah. you, go, you go to a vent, you know, like, you know, not a, a vendor in terms of, you know, someone from, that bought a booth. Yeah, not like a food truck that showed yeah. up or something, like or a restaurant. The actual Nassau County... barbecue Com- running Com- out of uh, macaroni and cheese. <laughs> Shame. Man, you're never going to get over that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, an actual, like, Nassau Coliseum vendor, you're not thinking it's going to be great. It was really, really good. Yeah. And they, they had, like, the whole brisket right there in the tray, and they yeah. were cutting the slices off of it for each sandwich as they were ordered. Yeah, when, I saw, when I saw them pull the new brisket out, and I saw, like, the way it was cooked out, I'm like, they did that right. Yeah. Like these people. Definitely uh, a great way <laughs> I have to put that together. A, a brisket or two in my day. Maybe yes, two. yes, you have. So, I mean... I, I enjoyed the whole day. It was really awesome. I was exhausted when we got home, though. If I had gone for that morning session, like any, any if anybody who showed up to judge the morning session and judge the afternoon session and then hung out past, like, the... Not many people did past the awards, and I, now I understand. Yeah, why. we got to give a, a special shout-out to uh, Frank again. Oh, my God. Because he, he was there. He was, like, one of the first people there. Yeah, he was oh. the setup and breakdown guy. Right, yeah. He set up the, the club's equipment for the show, and, you know, he was, like, the last guy there cleaning everything after the show was over and packing all that up to bring it back wow. to wow. his house. So, uh, Frank. Kudos, Frank. Kudos. Cleaning the lines for the kegs before he goes. Yeah. So, Frank, thank you for the work that you put in. Clap for Frank. And uh, in general, thanks to everybody that was there who uh, helped Mark and I learn more about judging. And um, I can't wait to uh, be uh, be there and, and judge again. Any yeah. other thoughts, guys? Um, you know, I'm I'm a little jealous that I didn't get... Uh, I, thinking about it now... The stu- I think the stewarding part might actually be kind of interesting to me, like get a chance to sit down and drink with them. 
maybe not that I would want to do the whole be a judge process, but at least just to hang out and hear other people's thoughts on it might be something interesting that I would do in the future. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a that'd be great. But um, yeah, I'm I'm looking at it basically as another way to like further educate. Yeah, myself, and, that, and that's kind of what it is. I I think I would I enjoy learning through discussion and talk you know through discussion and experience a lot more than just reading about it or oh, yeah. doing an online test even though I was always pretty good at that kind of stuff I always enjoyed the conversation a lot more the, the other thing too it, why not, right? that I think uh, about actually participating in the conversations is, is to helping really develop the vocabulary right Justin mentioned that before to me off air like developing vocabulary that's, yeah. that's the hardest part to, to really be able to be like oh what's this thing that I'm getting from this in order to be able to really put a word to that yeah that uh, that's why I, I, I really want to pursue it. And I think that's something that we've done here, too. You know, we've expanded the vocabulary of what we oh, yeah, yeah. We've learned about it. So Yeah, this is just another avenue so for me to, yeah, to pursue that. So, lastly, we have a bonus beer today that is, I think, a user submission. Um, it's definitely a friendly shares. I don't know if um, one of my co-coaches at my fencing club, Anna Maria... And her boyfriend, Eric, I don't know if they listen, but if you do, hey guys. Hi. Thank you for beer. um, Eric is living out in St. Louis right now and is into craft beer. When he came to visit, I made sure to send him over to a few of the local spots to enjoy it. And after he realized, hey, this guy knows what's going on, he started sharing beers with me, too. So he sent us from Four Hands Brewing Company the peanut butter chocolate milk stout called Absence of Light, which has this cool little... Chocolate sauce peanut butter demon thing on the front it looks kind of like the shit demon from uh from Dogma. <laughs> but see, I think I, it reminded me more of Muck from Pokemon than anything. I never played enough Pokemon to judge that, but sure, I could see how it looks kind of like a Pokemon. I think we'll have a picture of it uh, set up. But pouring it out, man, this is uh, it is it, it absolutely is absence of light. There's no yeah, light involved it, at it's, all. It's black opaque for sure. Yeah, and you get the hint, you get the peanut butter smell. Right off the bat. Yeah, yeah very, very strong peanut butter aroma. And good, thick, persistent head on it. Like, there was, like... <laughs> yeah, inch, was, inches of Yeah, head. there was a good, solid inch, inch and a half of that nice, like, coffee-colored head just hanging out there, not going anywhere. Yeah. And stayed all the way through what I had. Like, it never even... Didn't, I guess I drank it so fast that it didn't matter anyway, but it was really, really tasty. Yeah, it was very, very good, like, peanut butter cuppy flavor. Yeah, and You're, and lacking that uh, sort of acrid aftertaste bite from or evident in the uh, the manioc peanut butter crunch. Yeah, I think I described it in the manioc one as almost like a like a seltzer kind of bite. Yeah, like and that, that carbonic present. bite. Yeah, that, yeah, carbon. There you go. That's the way to do it. Um, but yeah, this does, this did not have it at all. No, it was really smooth, and uh, I still like the the Maniunk one. But this is, I, I would definitely say, a relatively that that improvement was big for me. That yeah. not having to to steal Mark's word yeah. once again, the carbonic bite, it made it more uh, a more drinkable beer for me. Yeah. And I'll tell you, it's a seven point one. Sneaky, it did not oh, taste like yeah, that. Yeah, very all. sneaky. So real quick, let me just read the side of the bottle to you. It's uh, Absence of Light is a milk stout brewed with peanut butter, chocolate malt dominates the grain bill, backed up by a combination of caramel malts and roasted barley. Overall, this gives the beer a very rich, complex flavor with notes of chocolate and coffee. This is topped off with a layer of creamy peanut butter and a lightly sweet finish. And 
I think that hits it perfect. Yeah, there. it's uh, definitely a killer beer. I like the side. It tells you how, uh, how to pair it, and this one is paired with dessert, and I love me some dessert. So Yeah, I think this would be. I could just have this as dessert. Now. Exactly. So um, thank you again to Anna Maria and Eric yes, for sharing Yes, thank you for sharing beer. And anytime anybody very... wants to share beer with us, we're always happy to drink your beer. Oh, right? it, and that reminds me, too. Oh, uh, yeah. If you haven't picked up on this yet, if you don't follow us on Twitter, we're on on tap now. So every week, uh, we're we're scoring the beers from the podcast on on tap. So if you want to follow along with us there in that go. way, uh, you know that option is available to you. And is the username Beertastic Voyage correct? Yep. Okay. Excellent. And uh, I believe we're working on integrating that with the website as well. We definitely are. So you'll be able to... Tech support, yes. Tech support, yes. You'll be able to find that right right on the website. Pankaj says yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. Well, glad we're getting out there. I've I've definitely had a couple people that I um, tell about. They go, oh, are you on tap? I'm like, I'm I'm not. I think think we are. But now that we definitely are, I can now tell them with assertiveness that we are. Yes. So find us, follow us there, too. Anyway, another way to get in touch with us. Get in touch with us. Well, get in touch, get in with, touch us. with us. <laughs> oh, oh, also, we also, ha- we have a wait, phone number more. now. Oh, oh, oh my God! How did we forget? Uh, yeah, I'm forgetting the damn phone number. Yeah, well, yeah, well. We have a Google Voice account set up now. So, so you if can... you if you want to call and leave us a voicemail, uh, that option is now available to you. And I promise you, if you call and leave us a voicemail, you can say anything other than hate speech. And I will and I will put it on the podcast. I there promise. You, you can call and heavy. Actually, please do this. Just call and heavy breathe into it. <laughs> just heavy breathe for a while, and um, Justin will run grunt, out to just it. Grunt, and then, grunt, uh, mi- grunt mildly, and then I will. It will get played on the podcast without question. Absolutely. So if if you want to call and leave us a message, that number is six three one six zero five seven two four zero. One more time. It's. Oh, damn it. You... Oh, oh, How man. did you not say it twice? You always got to say it twice. No, fuck proper, you. You got to have the proper phone rhythm. Come on. Jesus. What? Yeah, it's not like I was like 605 605 7240. I like that the, better. Now I got to shimmy the one in there. <laughs> <laughs> do, I have to, do I have to dial yeah. one first? Is that a thing I have to do? Yes. I okay. Would... I think so. So it's one six three one six zero four. Well, if you're on a cell phone, you might not have to dial the one first. Depends on your phone. Okay. Well, now I'm confused. I think everyone's confused now. One you more should time. Probably say the number one more again. time. It's six zero six three one six zero five seven two four zero seven two four zero. There we go. All right. Give us well, a call. Let us know. Absolutely. Now to wrap this up, congratulations to everyone who won an award, uh, especially Mark, and uh, you know, been great being part of that process. And cheers, everyone. Cheers, cheers everybody. If you enjoyed Beertastic Voyage, please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and don't forget to review and rate us. The guys can be found online at www.beertasticvoyage.com, on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash beertasticvoyage, and Twitter and Instagram at beertasticshow, or send them a good old-fashioned email at beertasticvoyage at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and cheers for local beers.